is the overall feeling of Arkansas fans like we just gonna roll the dice <laughs> against Bama and then we'll get them back no. in basketball season or no. It's we we playing to win. Right. We play hey, we ran, we playing to win. And you know, this year I'm gonna try to get your uh, your clips that you do, I'm gonna try to get it on the Jumbotron <laughs> in practice so they'll see it. See you talking about Alabama before the game. So they'll have a little more incentives and kind of pump them up a little bit. Sports. Go, Jalen. Go, Jalen. Faith. Oh, no. God help us. Celebrities. Kiffin. Run the ball. And all things Southern. This is the Funny Man Podcast. Comedian Funny Man, back for another episode of the podcast. And first things first, uh, thoughts and prayers, condolences to the people of Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, was a very uh, problematic weekend. We lost three beautiful lives. Two of Virginia State's finest who uh, vowed to serve and protect. I want to make sure I say their names. Lieutenant H.J. Cullen and Trooper Burke M.M. Bates. Lieutenant H.J. Cullen and Trooper Burke M.M. Bates lost their lives in a helicopter crash while protecting protesters in Charlottesville over the weekend. And Heather Heyer. want to make sure that we say her name. She was uh, a victim of a terrorist act. I know people, some of y'all raising your eyebrows, but somebody plows their car through a crowd of protesters or citizens who are out speaking their voice, no matter what they're speaking their voice is about. If it happened overseas, we call it a terrorist act. It happened on American soil, so I want to call it what it is. A terrorist act that happened in America in 2017 in Charlottesville, Virginia, by a terrorist. There's no other way I could put it. That's what it is. And we remember those three individuals on this podcast. And also today, why I decided to uh, air the Arkansas episode, uh, legendary coach, athletic director, and just from what I knew, just an all-around good person, Coach Frank Broyles, uh, lost his life today. I know he was very near and dear to the Arkansas family. If you follow many people from Arkansas or affiliated with the program or just fans, uh, you see an outpouring of support, which is done rightfully so. You know, I remember seeing Coach Broyles on many uh, uh, Arkansas broadcast just hanging out just enjoying being an a fan and a former coach and everything that he did for the University of Arkansas always had respect for the name Brawls strictly because of him and everything that I know that he not only contributed to that university but to college football as a whole I know that we lost a legend today and I honor his legacy and I thought this was the perfect day to air the Arkansas episode of the podcast. Now, the interview that you're about to hear, uh, I'll tell you who's going to be on it. But you won't hear us mention uh, Frank Brawl's name. And that's not that we're being disrespectful. But this was actually recorded uh, a little bit before the passing of Mr. Brawl. So if you don't hear us mention the name, that is the reason why. This is the Funny Man Podcast. Just off top, uh, no notes or anything, just a, a cold intro. Uh, what I know about Arkansas, Arkansas football program is uh, 
one that I personally have a lot of respect for, and I think a lot of Alabama fans would agree that, you know, anytime you play Arkansas, it's never going to be an easy game. You know, they're one of those teams that, that can sneak up on you, and they play hard. Like, they run the ball. They play great defense. Uh, they traditionally just had consistently good teams. So you have to have a consistently good game uh, to beat the Arkansas Razorbacks. Believe it or not, I've only been to the state one time, and I've never been to Fayetteville or Little Rock. Maybe 2007, 2008, I got invited to do a, a comedy show at Arkansas State University. A uh, very nice, cozy campus at Arkansas State University. I uh, got a few friends that went to uh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, but I've never been to the campus in Fayetteville at the time of this podcast. Maybe by the time you hear it, maybe I have may have made a visit by then. But at this present moment, no, never been. Would love to go. Uh, I, I just want to say pick Suey in Rental Stadium, like one time. I just want to see what it feels like. Like I love, you know, Alabama's traditions, but I love and have respect for so many other school traditions. So this is what this podcast is about, man. Just first of all, you guys getting to know us Bama fans on another level and finding out that we're not all jerks. Okay. Not like y'all try to paint us out to be. We know you don't like us. We know we do a lot of winning. We know we come across arrogant, but it's much more to it than that. And this podcast is a big part of it, just showing you how much love and respect we do have for other programs. Because, you know, at the end of the day, y'all got the same goal that we got, you know, is to win and support your team. And that's what we're about. You know, some would say we do it. Uh, to an elite level, but even when we didn't do it at that level, we're still uh, all in for our team. And I think Arkansas has one of those fan bases that is all in for their team. And the person that I invited to the podcast today, a Birmingham native, which is always an interesting uh, dynamic to a thing because you, you wonder, with it being so Auburn and Alabama heavy here, how does someone become an Arkansas Razorback fan. But I can assure you, this man has been an Arkansas Razorback fan his entire life. No bandwagon. In middle school, all he wore were Arkansas Razorback shirts. He had so many, my goodness. But that was his team. He, I didn't get it then. I, I get it now, and I hope he'll explain to you guys a little bit more of uh, why he does root for the Razorbacks and why he did attend the University of Arkansas and why he was one of the top basketball players in the state of Alabama as we were graduating high school. We started off at the same high school, did not finish at the same high school. So we're going to talk about all of that. We're going to go way back. This is the Arkansas episode with the assistant coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks basketball team, TJ Cleveland, a close personal friend. Like I said, we started off in middle school and high school together, uh, kept in touch kind of sparingly over the years, but it's one of those relationships where once we link up, it's, it's all good. So I'm pretty sure he'll have questions for me as I'll have for him. And I want you guys to sit back, relax, and uh, just learn a little bit more about the University of Arkansas Razorbacks football and basketball program with this episode of the podcast. 
This is the podcast where the fans meet. Funny Main Podcast. Comedian Funny Main back with this episode of the podcast. This is the Arkansas Razorback episode of the of the podcast. And, and, and when you say Arkansas, like I wanted to go out and get like a, a, a headhunter. I didn't I didn't want to bring no scrub in here. Like I wanted somebody who who lives, breathes, thinks nothing but Arkansas. Like the university, he thinks nothing. To, and how do I know this? Because I've known this man since the sixth grade. How he became an Arkansas fan, I don't know. Growing up in Alabama, but maybe he'll be able to tell you that. But one of the greatest uh, recruiters that that people say in the nation, one of the heaviest recruiters in college basketball, Coach T.J. Cleveland, joining the program. How are you, sir? I'm great. I appreciate you having me. No, I appreciate you just agreeing to it, man. I know you got a busy schedule. You got the family in here. The whole family is in here right now. So, Yep, I'm going to try to make sure <laughs> they stay quiet. They like to talk. So, Now, before I say anything, there, if y'all ever visit Birmingham, Alabama, you come to the west side, there's a school called Jackson Olin High School. I don't know about this school. I went to that school. Uh, Coach Mike Anderson went to that school. David Palmer went to that school. T.J. Cleveland went to that school for, what, two, two years? years? I was there two years. And then, for some reason, <laughs> transferred <laughs> about 10 miles down the road to Minor High School and wins a state championship in basketball. So, T.J., my first question, what up with that, bro? Well, I mean, the the basic answer is we moved. <laughs> that was the ba- that's the most basic answer I can come up with. But um, but yeah, that, we, that's that's the, that's the bottom line. The truth, man. We moved, and so I had to change high schools. Um, but you know, my my tenth grade year, I think we went to uh, the final four, and that was the first final four at Jackson Nolan since uh, my uncle Mike Anderson had played him and Coach McGarry, which everybody knows as Caveman, the coach there Parker right now. Um, so, yeah, we moved, and, you know, the rest is history, man. But, you know, I still have Jackson Olin roots. Like, my entire family went to Western Olin when it was – I mean, yeah, Western Olin was Western Olin and Jackson Olin. I, I actually still have friends from childhood that went to J.O. You know, I look at I look at you guys, 98 <laughs> class pictures sometimes, and I'm like, you know what? I was supposed to be in there. <laughs> well, I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, we the reunion is coming up, so you could definitely come, but – for us, just like you said, man, we made the Final Four in, in 96. I think we lost to Andalusia, yep, if, uh, sure if did. memory serves correctly. Yep. And our two top players, you and Pat, just just, just dip. <laughs> this, this is before Twitter, y'all. So if, if Twitter was out then, our Twitter would have blew up. Like, what? What? What just happened? Oh, that would have been yeah, it would have been crazy. But but you crazy. did, man. We we were honestly very proud of, and you were the tournament MVP in 1998. Yeah, sure was. Sure was. Uh, you know, I, I played with a, uh, a good group of guys, um, and one of them just passed away about mm-hmm. two months ago, Chris Williams. Big Smooth. Yeah, Big Smooth, man. That was one of my best friends, and, uh, you know, rest in, rest in heaven for, to him, man. He was, a, he was a huge part of our success over there, and, uh, you know, it'll forever be in our hearts and in our minds. So Yeah, yeah. I saw that uh, come across the wire not too long ago, and I actually remember, like, now you know I can't hoop. I, hooping, <laughs> not not my thing, bro. Everybody ain't got the juice. I don't have the juice. Hey, a lot of people don't know. I will get in there later. You used to rap too, so we'll right, get in right, that right. later. Though. Yeah. We do. <laughs> <laughs> See this. This is why it's a, it's a gift and a curse to have somebody you grew up with on the show. But yeah, so so me and you knowing each other back, and I promise we gonna get into football in a minute. But 
on the basketball tip, and we're talking about back in the day, the ugliest uniforms you ever wore, would, would it be between the T-shirts at Daniel Payne Middle School or the iron-on jerseys at VBC? Which, which one? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know we you know where we from, so you had to go to Hibbets and Russell, whoever you can go to, and, and try to find the cheapest uniforms. Uh the VCBC, that was, you know, a church that started off in somebody's house, and we kind of got some kids out of the neighborhood, tried to keep everybody out of trouble, and, and made a team, a uh, church team. You know, how I mean, that's what we used to do on that side of town. Um, mm-hmm. Those uniforms were bad. Daniel Payne, they they might have been the worst. They might have been. It was just a basic T-shirt. They, they might have been the worst. And playing in Daniel Payne, you know, we had a carpet. We had a carpet gym. Carpet so we gym. Would play and get floor burns, carpet burns. Yeah, that was that was that was an experience. Yeah, Daniel Payne is also a middle school. It's no longer open, but it was on the west side, and that's where I met uh, TJ in the sixth grade. And he's just been an awesome, awesome basketball player since then. Like I said, I was not. I was not. I don't. I don't try to front. You know, my friends still invite me to hoop. I, I decline. I think I could be a good coach. I'm good at screaming at people, but hooping, no, no, no. So you went from the VCBC Church League, Daniel Payne, then uh, in high school. Now this is. I, I'm gonna ask you this because I've always wondered. One of the biggest disappointments of my uh, sports watching career. Minor that great team that you were on. Never got to play that great West End team. Oh yeah, and that was the matchup. For y'all that don't know, the legendary coach Ra Ra Scott, uh, rest in heaven. But they they went undefeated. What? Yeah, nineteen ninety six, I believe. Yep, yep. And then they won the championship again ninety seven. So you guys got it in ninety eight, but y'all mm-hmm. never got a chance to meet. How disappointed are you that that never happened? And who do you feel would have won that game? You know that's that's that debate right there is gonna last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I think we would have won. And you know, we actually played them in a in a team camp in the summer, and they beat us. Which you know, team that that didn't count. Our coaches experiment with different guys and different mm-hmm. different lineups. Right, so right, right. We don't we don't we discount that that win that they got then. But of course, I feel like we would have won. They had a tremendous team, and I you know I got a chance to play for Robert Scott, uh, Coach Scott, in in this deal called the Youth Games, where we he took some of the best players in the city and went out of town and played. And I got a chance to play with the uh, Myers and Leandro Basses and and all those guys. So they had a tremendous team, tough team. Um, you know, it would it would have been a battle. It would have been a battle, but of course I'm biased, so I think we'd have won. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I guess the is it for anybody in the Birmingham or even the Alabama uh area, like that was those were two powerhouses at that time. Like it was everybody was anticipating that. But I think y'all senior year that y'all won West End got knocked. They didn't even make the yeah, final they four. They didn't make it. Yep. Yeah, and everybody was just nobody could believe that they lost. I mean, they won so much. So yeah, I guess they were the Alabama football of that time. If I could <laughs> say that, I, you know, I, you, you know say coming, that. Right? I won't say that. I won't say that. <laughs> All right. So now that we switch the gears to football, talk talk to me about just being an Arkansas. You know, uh, uh, just I know you're a fan, but a football fan. What what is the current state of Arkansas football like? What are the expectations of the fans for this year? Uh, I think the fans right now they're just thirsting to to get Arkansas football back to back up to the top. I won't say back, but just up there, uh, competing for SEC championships and things of that nature. Um, I think you know our coach is good. He's 
he's very outspoken, of course. Right. Um, you know, that's that's good and bad, but, you know, he's a good coach. He's a good guy, and he, he can recruit. Um, he has some good players coming in this year. Of course, I try to explain. I'm up in Arkansas. I try to explain to people about Alabama versus Auburn. Um, you know, they did their special on it, but I told them until they lived in Alabama, they it, it won't do them justice. I mean, you right. people don't understand what that literally means. Uh, to be in the in the middle of that, but Arkansas football, I think we, we're anticipating a good year. Of course, I, I go and try to support them. Uh, I don't go to every game, but most of them I do, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, of course, saving Coach Saving, man, it's <laughs> he's tough. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's that's religion now. You know, you got the Christians, the Catholics, Muslims. You got Alabama <laughs> football. <laughs> so you brought up Coach. Uh, I want to say it right, Brett Bilma. Yep. That's it. How, I just call him Coach B. <laughs> yeah. How 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 often do you get to uh, to maybe hang out with him, get a beer, watch a movie with him? Like, what what kind of guy have you found him to be off the field? Uh he's a comedian. He's always looking for a laugh, making you laugh. I always got jokes. Uh, very laid back. It's rare that I see him in. You know, I mean, it's kind of off the off the beaten cover, but it's rare that I see him in regular tennis shoes. He always has his. They named it Bielema sandals or flip flops on. I mean, he just always laid back. But, you know, of course, when he's on the field and practice, I've been to a couple of his practices. He's tough. He's tough on those guys. And, and you know, he likes to win. He wants to win. He's he, he's always talks about he used to win. He just got to get over the hump. And I think this year they anticipating getting over the hump. With you being what, and I'm just calling you what Sports Illustrated and other outlets have called you, a master recruiter. <laughs> Has he ever reached out to you for any recruiting tips on on the football end of things? Uh, not really. We kind of bounce ideas off each other when it comes to different things in recruiting. Uh, you know, whether it's tour ideas when we bring kids on campus or different mail outs. Uh, they, you know, they, with football, they have so many coaches and so many departments doing so many different things, uh, as opposed to basketball, where we have our coaching staff. We may have one or two GAs. Football has about mm-hmm. twenty-five to 30, 30 people, you know, that that handles the recruiting. So, so it, it's different. Um, but we we learn a lot from each other. Um, their recruiting department and and our assistant coaches. What makes a good recruiter a good master recruiter which I like to put you and Saban and a lot of other people in because y'all just landed the top five player in the, in the state recently so so what makes a good recruiter like what's without giving away too much sauce yeah. I think you just have to be able to relate relate to kids and parents and and show them that you're going to take care of the you know show parents that you're going to take care of their kid when they get on campus and help them mature and, and things of that nature and help them be the best person that they can be uh, on the field, off the field, on the court, off the court. And once you relay that message and you, it's a lot of power persuasion in this deal. So I'm glad I made that communication because my major did come in handy <laughs> in the field that I'm in now. But I think being able to relate to people um, more than anything. Now, last year, a uh, funny incident, a uh, local pizzeria in Fayetteville said that once Arkansas beats Alabama, they're going to give everybody free pizza. Of course, they never got that free pizza. But were, were you aware of Pizzagate? Were, were you looking forward to pepperoni? Did you did you already have your order in? You're telling me something new. I didn't know that, man. They're putting a lot of steak, man. Oh, that's a lot of steak on that game. Yeah. They need to start giving away steaks if they beat Alabama. That, that'll be huge. That'll put, that'll put some... 
some uh to it. <laughs> well, I mean, but this, I, I, okay. I'm I think not everybody who plays about. Alabama does that. Yeah. You know, they, they have some kind of incentive to beat Alabama. Yeah. That's when you know you that's when you know you're at the top when somebody they had to have incentive to beat you. Have you ever used something like that? Let's say like if y'all playing Kentucky, who's a powerhouse right now. What, what what's the mindset going into a, a game, you know, full of five star future pro athletes, Calipari? What 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 are you telling your team? You know, when you go in that game, just number one, no pressure. Because, you know, According to the media, you, you, you're not supposed to win. But at the same time, you know, we like to say we have Burger King All-Americans. They have McDonald's. <laughs> we have Burger Kings. And that kind of ticks our guys off. And we, we go with the underdog mentality. Um, Coach Anderson, he's a, you know, he's an underdog. You know where we're from. We, I mean, everybody's underdog. So we have to go above and beyond to get that respect. So right. that's, that's the mindset we approach everything with. Yeah, yeah. Coach Anderson, I, you know, I watched him uh, for years just – being proud of, you know, graduating from the same high school that he did. And uh, so today I just found out that all this time I thought I knew he was your boss. I thought he was like your godfather or, you know, he just adopted as a spiritual son. No, he's your he's your mom's brother. That's your uncle. My mom's brother, man. He you know, he was he's been very, very influential in my life. Um just showing showing me and my cousins, um, we've all been involved in sports and ba- especially basketball that, that we could make it. And you know, it's another side to things. And he was somebody we all looked up to. Like I said, he he's from Ansley Avenue mm. J. Um, he'll tell you the story. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the, <laughs> the the series they did on him, but he'll talk about how we they lived in a shotgun house. So he he he's made it, man. And and it's it's just it's just good to see and. Uh, you know, hopefully he can just be an inspiration to some more people, um, just like you are and, and and other people where we're from, man, just being inspirations and seeing the next generation of kids come up and, and do great things. You're listening to the Funny Man Podcast. Assistant coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks basketball team, T.J. Cleveland, uh, childhood friend, and we're also talking about his uncle, Coach Mike Anderson, head basketball coach of the University of Arkansas, uh, when when would you say, TJ, that you became an Arkansas fan, or were you just born that way? I actually was I pretty much was born this way because my uncle was at Arkansas at the time, and I don't know if you remember middle school. Like I had probably one polo. Like everything else, I wore Arkansas. Was Arkansas. That's it. I wore Arkansas stuff every day, um, and so I was kind of brainwashed. And it was uh, you know as I got old and got in high school, it was two other guys from Birmingham that. They played at Arkansas, and they were kind of influential in me and me choosing to go there. Was uh, Roger Crawford, who played at Carver High School, mm-hmm. and uh, Alex Dillick, who was from Bessemer, but he claims Birmingham, so we'll let him. We'll let him <laughs> close play. enough. Close yeah, enough. that's close enough. <laughs> so uh, those those two guys were very influential, man. They they went up there and had a lot of success, and they won a national championship, and you know, so that they made me want to go there even more. So yeah. Now you brought up the championship. I'm gonna come back to that, but. Coach uh, Nolan Richardson, what was the the influence that he had directly on legendary Arkansas coach? Uh, he was a major influence. You know, at the time for for African American coaches, it was you know he was one of the the staples. Him, John Thompson at Georgetown, uh, Chaney. John Cheney mm-hmm. at Temple. Um, you know, if you think you talking about African American coaches who had a major influence on college basketball, you got to think of those three guys and to win a national championship at Arkansas. It, it was kind of unheard of for for somebody 
of his of his uh, nature and stature, man. So for him to do that and then go back the following year to lose, mm-hmm. only losing the championship game, I mean, it was it was huge and he left his imprint. I mean, right. his style of play it was like no other. It was unique. Um, the way he did things, and he was a tough, tough guy. Get the people, get the people that nickname of that offense. The forty minutes of hell. That's it. Forty minutes, minutes of hell. <laughs> and you brought up the championship. It was UCLA, right? Yes, they, they lost. They lost to it the following year. Which, which one would you say was the worst loss? That ninety-five championship loss to UCLA, or last year's six, seven-point loss to North Carolina? I lost in North Carolina because I was a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, that was tough. So as a coach, it was tougher than just watching as a fan. Oh, of course. Of course. Cause you sitting right there knowing you had a grip on the game to right. a chance to win the game. And, you know, and then watching them go on and win a national championship, just knowing you were that close, it was it was tough. I def- I definitely watched it. Definitely was rooting. Got the tweets to prove it because I was mentioning you the whole game. Oh yeah, I saw that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that look. <laughs> but yeah, that was a that was a rough one, man. So uh, you got the whole family here, and and clearly you're a good recruiter because you got a, a great wife over here. Because you you definitely had to say the right things <laughs> to to get that letter of intent. Yes, yes, it was it was work. <laughs> hey, that was hey, that was one of the toughest recruiting jobs I had right there. Yeah, and I didn't get paid for it, but you know it paid off because she said I do. So right, how uh, how did y'all meet? We met in college, uh, and I tell this story. Like, this is my version. Of course, she has her own version. You know, she wasn't into athletes at the time. You know, she just thought we were all jocks, and so I took it as a challenge. And uh, my first, you know, first recruiting opportunity, and it worked. So. That was that. That let me know right there. I can recruit. Yeah. I never did know I was going into coaching, but it just it just ended up happening. But now nah, she she's a great mother, a uh, great wife, and she does a great job with our two twins. So right, and so with everything that you do, and and having to talk to so many families on a daily basis, and just the grind of being a coach and just being in sports. Period. How big of a part is family and your faith? You know, in everything that you do. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Um, you know, when we recruit guys to Arkansas, we preach family. And, of course, by Coach Anderson, me and my uncle, I mean, they see it. And it's real. Um, we like to tell parents and kids, when you come, you know, join Arkansas, everybody becomes a part of the family. Because I recruit grandmas, grandfathers, uh, cousins, your barber. It, it doesn't matter. Um, they all become part of this Arkansas family. And the guys, they come over to Coach's house to eat, barbecue, swim, watch movies, play PS4. Um, so it's real. You know, we, we talk about it and we live it. And, you know, the faith part is is huge. And, um, you know, in sports or anything, period, um, you, you have to have faith and you have to believe uh, because there are always going to be ups and downs. So faith is the thing that gets you through those things. Mm. With with the wifey here, I got to ask, because coming from the west side, Birmingham, we, we usually have an affinity for old school cars, and I saw your, I saw you got a bad boy over there. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't yeah. post mine because of the one that you posted. But oh man, what, come on, come on. what year is that thing, and how many will wifey allow you to have before she says, "TJ, there's enough toys." I'm, I'm on one right now. In my mind, I got at least two more. <laughs> but she, she doesn't like, she didn't like my cars. Um, I had another one, but I sold it. I had a deuce and a quarter. Oh, 
You can't. You don't sell a deuce in a quarter. I know it. It was a four door man. I'm in the two door coupe, so I I sold I sold it, and I got a right now. I have a sixty nineteen sixty six Buick LeSabre, and I had a friend in Dallas who's who, a friend who was like family, uh, exclusive custom auto. You ever in Dallas? That's a plug for you. Go go see him. They'll they'll hook he'll hook you up. And uh, I had a friend here. Uh, DeAndre Forrest, they call him Jujack. He he works at the shop on Green Springs. Mm-hmm. He hooked me up with the wheels, and it was it was on from there. But I'm in yeah, I'm in the old, I'm in the old school cars. I mean, yeah, that, that most most of us are. Yeah. But then when you meet a guy named Jujack, I mean, come <laughs> on, you, you you gotta Jujack not gonna mess up a car. He Anybody not, named Jujack knows what he's doing. Hey, he can get under your hood. <laughs> he can do the radio. He can do the rims. Whatever you need. <laughs> Switching switching gears back to uh to Arkansas football before I let you get up out of here. Arkansas is still one of the few football teams that run a legit pro style offense, like fullback, smash mouth, run down your throat. Do you think that that offense hinders them or can they make it work in this up tempo era? To me, and it's kind of I think it, it, it. You can include all sports in this. I, th- I always think you have to evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way he wants to play, but I don't know how this is going to affect them in recruitment because a lot of kids they want to play the other way now. I mean, we face the same thing in basketball, but you know, if you have success in it and playing that way, I, I stick to it. But times change, kids change, things change, so you always got to be ready to evolve. T.J. Um, Cleveland with the great political. Answer right there, <laughs> but I think from from the Arkansas fans that I know, they I think they want to chunk it around a but little I bit more, probably do. speed it up. Yeah, but I you know, hey, I can't speak on another man's pro. Hey, if he wants to do that, yeah, hey, let him do it. He's ha- he's having success with yeah, it so yeah. far, but, but I, yeah. I know he want I know he wants more success, and I know these kids, like you said, they mm-hmm. even the kids they they like to play different. They want, right, yeah. So on the cusp of that political answer. And uh, this political climate that we in, let's talk about not presidents, but Mount Rushmore. If the University of Arkansas had a Mount Rushmore of athletes in any sport, who are the four gentlemen or women that you personally would put on that Mount Rushmore? Uh, one would be Todd Day, who's an all-time leading yeah, at Arkansas. Corliss Williamson. Big dog, big nay up. That's big nasty. Um, <laughs> and then I probably would put uh, Mike Conley, uh, who ran track for Arkansas, uh, set some more records. Yeah, you threw me out because I'm a Grizz fan. I was like, wait, Conley went to Ohio yeah. State. No, oh, but the son, other yeah, Mike, yeah, his Conley. dad, his dad, Mike dad. Conley Senior. There you yeah, go, Mike Conley Senior. There you there. go. Uh, was a, a big time track guy. Oh, and their fourth person probably Andrew. I think it's Barantini is how you say his name. Plays baseball. He was he was a multi sport player, right? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. I, I, but for sure, I know he played baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was really good. I would put those four. Interesting. Not one football player on your Mount Rushmore. Uh <laughs> well, I'm kind of biased to basketball. <laughs> let's add one more since we're making this Rushmore. Up. Yeah, we'll, we'll put five heads on it. I would put. Why da- not? Let's put, say Darren McFadden. Oh man, Darren McFadden. When I tell you. His his years, man, that two-headed monster they had in that backfield, and I think they left in 07 or 08. Watching Darren McFadden, 
I was such a fan of that dude just because of the way not only that he played just gritty, grimy, but his off the field stuff where he was just a real down to earth dude. Oh yeah. You know, you know, I his his NFL career, little up and down, injuries and everything, but one of my favorite players of all time, uh, to wear that 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 Arkansas uniform. Yeah, he was. I wouldn't say he was Bo Jackson, but he had some Bo Jackson in him. Right. He's. I mean, he used to run through people yeah. on top of people. It didn't matter. He he was he was a beast. So uh, this year, uh, we got you guys. I, I'm not gonna. I is the overall feeling of Arkansas fans like we just gonna roll the dice <laughs> against Bama and then we'll get them back. No in basketball season. Or? No. It's we we playing to win. Right. We play. Hey, we ran, we playing to win. And you know, this year I'm gonna try to get your uh, your clips that you do. I'm gonna try to get it on the jumbotron <laughs> in practice, so they'll see it. See you talking about Alabama before the game, so they'll have a little more incentives and kind of pump them up a little bit. Well, well, see, this is the thing when you're playing this the Nick Saban version of Bama. You, everybody's got pumped up. Nick Saban's been our coach for 10 years. Okay, so whatever they've been trying to do, it just ain't working for everybody. We, hey, we trying so, we're going to try something different. We're going to, we ain't exhausted all things yet. We're going to try something different. You might, you might be the thing to get us over the hump. If I am, Lord forgive. I, I really don't want to be the reason. The Bama right. fans will never forgive you. They, I promise, they are not a forgiving people. I love them to death, but no, they're not forgiving. So, my last question, and hopefully you'll have the answer to this. I try not to be political. Right, right, right. Give me the real answer. What is a pig suey, bro? What What is it? A pig, what is pig suey? That's a pig. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. You want to do it? Okay. <laughs> so she's from our, she's from Fayetteville. So yeah, just want y'all to know that the wife is sitting over here with the kids being beautiful. She does not want any part of these microphones. But she she's indulged in the interview, but she does not want a part of the microphone. I don't know when the university adopted it, mm-hmm. adopted the pig suey, but to give you my version of it, it's just a calling of a razorback, a pig, a hog. So when you go out, when people who own pigs or hogs, they go out to call them to eat or anything, mm. they say, they say suey pig. <laughs> so the Arkansas, <laughs> University of Arkansas version is woo pig suey. It's unique. Hey, I'm telling you. Unique, huh? It's that, very, that, that, that's one word for it. Just like roll tide. Woo pigs. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's our thing up there. But as a player, when you got, you know, football, when you got 70 some plus thousand mm-hmm. doing it in unison, I mean, it gives you it's beautiful. Yeah. So you just have to you just have to be there to hear it in basketball. We have 20 some thousand doing it. Like I used to get chills and, you know, you used yeah. to you're ready to turn up there. So that's just our thing. up there. I, I, A I, lot I just, of people don't understand it, you know, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's our thing. It, it, it's, it's what I thought it was. Just like I, I'll be honest, ninety percent of us Bama fans, we don't know exactly what roll tide means. What you, you know, the or, there, well, there's different stories on the origin, but yeah, it gives you chill. Like when you hear it, yeah, it's a thing. Like I, I've been to a game in Starkville, and you know the cowbells on on paper and on TV, it looks like what are they so backwoods? But when you there, yeah, it's it's a thing, bro. So it, I got it gives you chill. Okay, I got. So what is roll tide? 
because the I see an elephant, but what is the road tide? Explain it. All right, so this, this is what I know. People. Now, did, now anybody listen to the podcast? If you want to debate it, find uh, at Funny Main M A I N E on Twitter, Instagram, all social media. But way back when, I'm gonna say maybe twenties, thirties, forties, Alabama was playing, and we had large linemen. But somebody said that you know they look like elephants. They were so massive. Okay. And so now they said that they would just roll over people. So it kind of connected and it was like roll tide, you know. So now you now you've adapted the elephant mascot because of the large players and then we're already the tide, so they just they added together and said that the tide would roll over the competition. I mean, God, it, it, it was, it, did that, that was pretty good explanation. That right? that's that's the story that most Bama fans roll with. Okay. Okay. Now it could have just been some dude who was, you know, geeked up on <laughs> narcotics and said something clever. We you never know, but that's the story that most Bama fans stick with. I got one more question for you. Right. I know you're doing the quiz. I want to ask you a question. <laughs> Come on. Now in school, when we were in school together, you were in a group, mm. and you were a part of the rap culture. You you were a rapper, right? And you, y'all were pretty good. Now. For you all don't know, Funny Man used to do talent shows. <laughs> he used to do all, anytime we had a program, his group would rap. They would rap after school. You know, well, I, just tell me the, your, it was y'all rap group call and your name and why you stopped rapping. All right. The, okay. The rap, the rap group, it was really a thing. Uh, we started the name of the rap group. Uh, we were from Pratt City. So the original name was PCP, PCL. which was Pratt City Players. But we never did drugs or talked about drugs, so we dropped the PCP moniker, and we were more on the hip-hop tip, so we became LOC, which stood for Lyricist of Culture. So we were talking about the culture in 93 before it was a thing. That's what we were. I still got the T-shirt to prove it. Uh, The group was me, my older brother Rico, who's DJ Stickerbush, my friend Al, Alley Cat, and Gary Richardson. And we later added my friend Duck Boy. So, uh, of course, I stayed in entertainment, doing the comedy thing and radio. Uh, my brother Stickerbush uh, is an engineer in Atlanta. He engineered Young Jeezy's TM103 album. So if you get uh, that album, you see I his name that. in the credit. Al is still producing beats, and Gary's raising a great family. So... Y'all, that's that's yeah. how rap lives end up. Y'all, yeah, y'all, y'all were the first rap group that I knew personally. Yeah. Man. y'all were the first. I never forget it. At Daniel Payne, man, I was the I was the artistic director. That was back when cassettes were in, so I would uh, draw these tapes, like the cover, the cutout, and draw Bart Simpson on them and a track <laughs> list and everything. So it was just a real deal operation, man. But that's I to this day I still listen to a lot of hip hop. A lot of country, just I'm all over the place, man. Yeah. Like, so yeah, you were that guy now. Yeah, y'all, y'all, I remember that. Thank <laughs> you, brother. Thank you for bringing that up. And so for everybody listening, no, I wasn't like these rappers nowadays. We were very conscious about our message, and and we were all about the culture. So yeah, assistant coach, soon to be head coach somewhere. I'm putting it out there in the atmosphere, like go. I've been telling them for years. <laughs> My friend, frat brother, Cap Alpha Psi. Oh. TJ Cleveland, what a pleasure to have you on the podcast, my brother. It was great. You, you, you a great recruiter because you almost got me liking Arkansas. <laughs> Any Bama fans, listen, don't y'all start rooting for Arkansas because of this man and and his uh and his golden recruiting. All right, 
Steel Road Tide, but Woo Pig Suey to Arkansas Nation. Thank y'all. All right. Sports. Go on, Jalen. Go on, Jalen. Faith. Oh, man. God help us. Celebrities. Kiffin. Run the ball. And all things Southern. This is the Funny Main Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Funny Main Podcast. For more episodes, visit FunnyMain.com or follow on social media at FunnyMain. And there you have it, man. Uh, right now, one of my favorite interviews, uh, talking with Coach TJ Cleveland. Cannot wait for him to become a head coach and step into it. He's still a young man. Not even, We're under 40. Not going to give you my real age. That ain't none of your business. All right? You're asking too many questions. Yeah. So if you want to find him, uh, he can be found on Instagram at TJ underscore Cleve, C-L-E-E-V, two E's, TJ underscore Cleve, or follow him on Twitter at TJ underscore Cleveland, C-L-E-V-E-L-A-N-D. Much love to uh, Arkansas Nation, Woo Pig Suey Nation, WPS, as I see the hashtag floating up and down Twitter. Be sure to share the podcast with your friends if if you if you like it. If you don't, you know, write me those nasty things, which I'm sure you will. But if you enjoy it, uh, a share, a like or a click is always, always appreciated. So want to encourage you to do that. And we'll see you for next week's episode. Roll Tide.